You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Good morning, everyone. We are live from Madden's on Gold Lake. Mr. Rooney is unfortunately at home today. <laughs> I wasn't in, quarantining. I, I, I wasn't invited, but I was. So you were invited. I know. I texted I know. you three times. I know. You know the the, be, know. the best part about this is this is the first real backdrop that Andy's ever had for real. <laughs> <laughs> we can he see his full head. He spent the last couple of weeks up yep. on his canoe, up on his island with his canoe in the Boundary Waters, and now he's here for real. It was nice. <laughs> Good. Well, we have a couple of special guests on the show today. I'll let you two introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Ross Nelson. I am the uh, director of sales at Madden's on Gull Lake and uh, had the pleasure of having uh, this group up uh, this past week. And uh, I think Mark's team's coming up next week. So, yeah. And uh, Mark Pedig, I'm with uh, Remax Lakes Area Realty. Uh, we have the Pedig Properties group up here. Uh, I've been with Andy and Chris uh, a few times and, uh, Finally was able to pull one of them up here to, to enjoy some of the beauty for a little bit. And Mark specializes in off-lake small trailers. <laughs> <laughs> really small, tiny houses. He's into the, you know, the tiny whole homes. team. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. You're you're fine. See, we don't it's have a mute, shot. you don't have a mute button here. You should hold up a sign that says stop. <laughs> Andrew, stop. Uh, so, so tell us about what's going on up here this week, guys. Um, well, we have been busy at the resort all uh, all summer, uh, mostly with social, with the, the COVID uh, crisis has kind of uh, taken a dip in our group business. But uh, we've had quite a few groups like Andy's and, and uh, Lisa's come up and kind of do like a spousal type retreat, uh, just kind of get together with some of their team members that they probably haven't seen in person for months at this point. So it's been nice to kind of uh, get a lot of these business groups up and, and mix in a little uh, pleasure with business. I, I, I can attest to that firsthand. Yeah. These guys do a super job. Anybody looking for a great getaway, what a fun, easy commute from the Twin Cities too. It's like two hours. Have plenty of distractions if you want to stop along the way. Uh, this young lady here took five hours to make a two-hour trip with her little kids. <laughs> <laughs> so so they got that going for them. Four, yeah. oh, excuse yeah. me. The joys of potty training a three-year-old. Little Charlotte. Oh Should see some of the pictures of this kid, Chris. She's a supermodel. She's oh, yeah. this big. <laughs> <laughs> She's cute. That's awesome. So, but so anyway, I, yeah, I'm, we've been playing a little hooky, so it's been good. We uh, we were um, not great accommodations. Did a food plan up here, too, which is kind of fun. So nobody has to worry about what they're going to eat or where they're going to eat. They just go do it. Um, and, and we actually rented golf carts, too. The resort's big enough to where you can actually go around. There's multiple places you can go and, and hang out and uh, several beaches, several pools. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we've had a really good time. Good for the family, good for the business. What uh, If someone was looking to come up for the fall, what, what would they want to do to plan a group? Out? Um, we have a couple of fall kind of getaway offerings. Usually our one of our last weekends of the year that the courses are open, we would do a kids free weekend. Oh, so. Cool. You know, parents come, pay for the room, all the kids' food, everything's free, all the toys, everything like that, golf. Um, 
then we'll, we are going to be doing like a fall uh, beer craft type show. So oh, cool. in the pavilion here, we'll be doing uh, some of our local beer vendors, uh, some food down here. That'll be open to the public and then guests staying. So awesome. uh, those are a And of- we referenced the pavilion. We haven't really shown you guys that are watching this, the facility that we're in, but we'll put some links into the bottom of the, uh, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> we'll put some links in there for you guys to take pictures or take a look at the pictures. It's, it's an amazing facility for any outdoor, but yet indoor. It's a cool yeah. facility. Yeah. Yeah, the pavilion was done, uh, finished in June of this year. And uh, yeah, for, for groups, for weddings, for cocktail receptions, we can do probably up to about 300 in here. So um, yeah, great space. Everything's prepared down here. Bartender, fire pits, the whole nine. So it's a... It's so you had some smokers or whatever they are in there too. Uh, rotisseries, yeah. Rotisseries. Yeah, we can do about... You see Chris's eyes? Yeah. Chris just got excited. <laughs> we can do about 42 racks of ribs on one of those and then 64 42. chickens. So there you go. Oh. Um, I noticed you guys have Wi-Fi throughout the whole resort so people can yep. work and play from yep. anywhere, which we've been doing all week. Yep. Yep. That's complimentary for all of our guests. And then, um, you know, if you are having a more stringent meeting with kind of video conferencing, we can do a hard line for that as well. Okay. Uh, a little more secure. Um and a little probably better quality. So, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people don't know, like, go like, like they, they've heard of it, but they don't really know. So behind us, if you guys zoom in, you can kind of see behind us, what bay is behind us and, and describe how the resort lays out a little bit. Yep. So we are on a thousand acres, uh, surrounded all by water. So we got Steamboat Bay over here to the east, coming all the way around to Wilson Bay on the west. Uh, right north of here is going to be Ernie's, uh, great spot for dinner, drinks, uh, about a 15-minute pontoon ride from here. Mm-hmm. Mark's uh, <laughs> local watering hole. <laughs> and Played then, volleyball uh, there last night. And then... Uh, you stay hydrated? Stayed hydrated. Good, yeah. important. Yeah. Hydrating's this morning. And then uh, <laughs> about 30 minutes from there, you can get up to uh, the north end of the lake, and that's Grandview, uh, Zorba's, uh, Dock 77 on the west yep. side of the lakes yeah. over there. Um, so, yeah, we... We uh, have all of our guest rooms right on the water with the exception of a few on the golf course. So, you know, really everyone staying up here kind of gets not quite the, the effect of the homes mark yeah. selling, but uh, you can <laughs> yeah. kind of have a cabin for a couple of days. Which so, is, and then uh, not to, you know, uh, keep going on the same subject, but my, it, the golf courses here are fantastic too. Yeah. And we had the privilege uh, yesterday and the day before of playing 18 holes a day. Yep. Um <clears throat> A lot of fun. Talk about that a little bit too, because you guys have that included. Yep. Part of it. So yep. yeah, if you, I think your group did like the meeting and rec path, uh, package and that includes golf on our east and west course. Both are 18 holes. Uh, the west is a little bit shorter, more of a par three course, par three and four. And then the east is kind of our longer par four or five. And we do have the only par six in Minnesota on that whole <laughs> course. Oh. And then our classic is kind of our, our, our gem. It's a uh, top 100 course in the u.s public jeez um actually that course uh the preserve for grandview and then deacon's lodge are just named top of the three courses here in the midwest and that was so. a course that you would not allow us to play right uh <laughs> you can play uh that one in the morning is caddy only so we offer caddy service there only in the morning and then um afternoon it's it's you know tea time just like normal awesome um but yeah great course so well, great. Is there anything we should uh, let the viewers know or how do they get a hold of you guys? Or? Um, you can certainly reach out to me. Uh, my emails are nelson at mads.com. Maybe you guys can throw that in the link and mm-hmm. I'm happy to help socially or 
Baker business-wise. If not, you know, feel free to just hop on our website and you can get a hold of us there. One last question, because I know um, people from home will wonder this. How are you keeping people safe with uh, yeah, great mask question. mandate and social distancing? It's a hot topic. Uh, so we, uh, our staff is all wearing masks and we have been uh, since the start of uh, COVID and all that uh, beautiful fun that's gone along with it. Um, you know, all of our dining times, we are doing reservations, taking info, uh, patios, first come, first serve, uh, spaced accordingly. And then for all of our meetings, you know, we can do a meeting up to 250 down in the pavilion still, since it's outdoor, we can kind of, you know, pass the threshold for number of people. Uh, in town hall, we can do about our, our large conference space, we can do about 198 in there. So okay. six feet of separation, sanitizing, um, we're not doing room service yeah. nightly if, if you don't want it. So, um, we're taking every precaution as, as kind of the state mandates. So it's yeah. been very safe from what I've seen up here. Yeah. yeah and, it, and, and it feels comfortable too. They do it in a very nice way where you go, Oh, I forgot my mask. It's not like you feel like you need your mask. Yeah. It, it's done in a, yeah. a very polite, subtle, yeah, I'm on still on vacation. I don't feel offended way. Yeah. Right. Cause I get offended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our ownership kind of took the stance of we're not going to be the mass police. Yeah, we're just, you know, what whatever your comfort level is, if the state wants to come in and yep. write Andy a ticket and send him to jail for 90 days, so be it. But uh, we're not going to do that. So. Everyone's been participating. For sure. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. Well, I think we all got to get used to it a little bit. You know, I mean, it's it, it does stink, but it's like yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, hey, you got to go uh, sell some more packages. Yeah, right? yeah, I got a tea time here. So hey, thanks, bud. <laughs> Appreciate it. Living the lifestyle. Take care, Mark. Nice to meet you. Yes. He's one of the best. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys. Take care. All right, see you later. Thanks, thanks, guys. Guys. Yep. And now we're off to commercial. Oh, no, we're not. We don't have commercials. That'll uh, be coming next week. Andy, you could talk about your new uh, active wear that you have. Yeah, my new clothing line, PHT. We actually have some more models. Hey, models, come over. Oh, my gosh. More models. Wow. Look at these beauties. I mean, beautiful clothing on beautiful ladies. <laughs> we have a live audience today. Uh, Georgia went the wrong way. She went that way. My, my, my Pandora started my, playing, so, you know, I don't know. I Chris, those, do you have any questions of our supermodels? Yeah, are those hats the PhD ones, too? They are. Oh, We're all oh. Why don't you girls walk right up and show up close? How oh, nice oh that is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that looks nice. You know, they were the flat build, but we had to. Well, we got all logoed up. We thought it'd be kind of fun as a team, build a little synergy here, have uh, the get-together, have some shirts made up, have some fun. And, uh, again, I mean, the real estate market is so nuts. You know this, Chris, right now that we're in a position of where sometimes a couple days you go to the lake, it's the middle of the week, and then we're back for the weekend. So we're all heading back today actually to get back to our models. We have model homes that open at 3 uh, we've got open houses all weekend. And so um, we've got to get a house on the market here by five o'clock tonight. So we're hustling. So it's, you know, busy. But but it's like they say, it's uh, real estate is more than a career. It's kind of a lifestyle. Yep. You know, and, and I, I'm the same boat. I have a lot of people that say, gosh, Mark, how, how are you golfing on a Tuesday? And I remind them what I did all day Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it kind of plays in uh, well with the lifestyle. You're just closer to the awesome. <laughs> I'm spoiled a little bit up here. I just get, Chris, I, I know you've been up here before too, but I get such a kick out of going around the lake and we're like, oh, that was only $7.99 or that was only $2.4 million or that one over there is a $30 million house being built. It This lake, if you love architecture, I'm telling you, you just come up here and rent a pontoon and drive around. 
and you'll literally need a strap to hold your drop. It's it's there's so many gorgeous cabins up here. Andy Andy was talking about a, a couple of places. There's one in uh, uh, Steamboat Bay that sold, I think, uh, early spring, late winter, and he said, "Yeah, did you see that house that sold for seven ninety five? I said, "Yeah, pretty sure it's getting tore down." You know, and and same thing with one in Van Sickle Bay. He was just uh, on the pontoon ride and beautiful beach and. But yes, it sold for seven ninety nine. But it's the the house the house needed some work, you know. And, and we have a mix. Obviously, there's you know that's the the upper edge. But that's that's really the push we've been seeing, though. Yep. You know, big time. Well, I so, went to dinner you... with my parents last night, and they told me about this article in the Star Tribune, and they said that Lakeshore properties up north have gone up forty percent. And I'm like, there's no way they've gone up forty percent. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know what expert they're talking to uh, and what they're. Uh, timeline was maybe from the from the 80s to now it's about 40 yeah. <laughs> percent but, yeah, exactly. but uh we have seen an increase uh, and the biggest thing is our lakeshore inventory is down 47 percent right now wow year over year it's down 47 percent and i've actually shown like the info uh sparks graphs to clients to help explain the the weird trend we're in right now usually lakeshore is very predictable you, you know the market up here is very cyclical with the seasons and it's easy to predict where, where is our inventory coming? When is it going to fade off? Same thing with pricing. When is pricing going to increase a little, suppress a little? This year, we're on a completely different tangent line. And it's it's very difficult to predict. If we actually follow the same trends as years past, we will literally have zero inventory come December. So, you know, but with that, I've been telling a lot of clients where, you know, we're on this goofy trend, but I actually think we're going to see stable inventory come through this fall rather than decreasing inventory because we've had a lot of people that have used this, the cabins and the houses that they were maybe going to sell earlier this year. And people are hearing how hot of a real estate market it is. I actually just got a, 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 a lake listing referral for Eagle Lake up by Cross Lake this morning uh, from a financial advisor down South where it's, Hey, we used the cabin all summer. Uh, we were going to sell it this spring, but now we're ready. Let's try to get it sold this fall. And they know there's not a lot on the market, so they can still take advantage of the market, even at a time where a lot of people are perceiving it maybe will slow a little. But we have a we have a really high buyer demand right now. So, I think I think you're exactly right on the inventory part was because people stayed that we're yeah. going to be selling, and uh, we we have the same thing uh, on the area lakes. And I mean, there's it's record low inventory. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> and people are just grabbing at everything. So the the one thing I've I've noticed this summer up here in particular is <clears throat> like our, our Tuesday and Wednesday on the lake looks like a Friday or a Saturday sometimes. It does. Because there's so many more people here full time, not just vacationing, they're they're actually just here full time. And and it's it's pretty amazing. But also, oh, we're just fascinated that we're actually on the feed. Oh. <laughs> we're watching for comments. If you have comments, drop Sorry. them in the in the comment on the Facebook Live. Um, Mark, do you think this is the year of the second home? I feel like it is. You know, it, it, I, I believe it is the year of the second home. And what's amazing is it's the year of the second home. But for a lot of people, their second home has turned into their first home. Oh, interesting. You know, where we had a lot of people that, you know, and I, I have a lot of clients and, and we have a lot of friends that they had cabins up here. And now they're actually making a decision of, gosh, do we just stay here full time or and sell our place in the cities, or or do we do we do a hybrid schedule based on where we want to live? You know, and that that's a very common topic. We've had a lot of people that, um, you know, through the pandemic and the riots and everything else, that said, you know what, we got a beautiful place on Gull Lake. 
great community, great family, you know, great schools. What good hospitals, everything, everything, airports, we, we, everything, incredible healthcare systems. Like, why don't, why don't we maybe just do that? Yeah. We have a Delta Delta airport, uh, right in Brainerd Delta. Uh, I think they do two flights a day, uh, direct flights to Minneapolis. So when we fly, you know, my wife and I travel, we actually will fly out of Brainerd because then we don't have to go down to the cities, find parking, do the whole stand in line check-in process. There's like three people in line here. You get your bags checked and you're flying. You know, it's 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 awesome. So so are you seeing more of those people that were weekend commuters and then going back to the city? Are you seeing more of them just stay up here then and work from now that working we remote is a big thing? We have. And, and, you know, one of the neat things about the state of Minnesota, they've for years have had a huge push for fiber optic internet in rural communities. And so it's actually rare that you don't have fiber optic internet up here. I mean, you could, you could be out in the boonies and have fiber optic internet, you know, so that, that aspect has actually played in really well for the, the telecommuter or the, the person that wants to work remotely. And um, yeah, if you can live on the lake and have the same internet speeds as if you're, you know, in the middle of Minneapolis, that's, that's pretty neat. That is yeah. cool. Well, we, I was just going to say, cause you know, the, a lot of people ask like, how are you going to make it happen? Because there there's concerns about not finding a place and then you sell your existing house and then you have nowhere to live or whatever. Yep. And so there's been several cases where I actually have one going on the market today for a referral that Mark gave me. Somebody's moving up here. They need their household in the city and we tag team it. So that's why we have Mark here today too, because we can make it easier. And I know Chris, you've done the same thing. Um, you, you have somebody who wants to go up North, not just for investment properties, but just a simple move. And it's, it's nice to have a, a team that knows what, what, how to work together. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all in the communication, you know, and when, when you know what's happening when you're selling the house really helps out when you're trying to purchase, you know, figuring out timelines and uh, you know, the moving schedules and uh, you know, where are things at and how, how, how are things progressing? You know, it's, it's always difficult when you don't have that uh, you know, you don't have that connection with the agent on the other end and you know, something happens or something slips it, you know, that, which happens a lot in real estate, you have to be quick for adjustments. It's great to know that uh, they're being taken care of on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mark, can you describe that 795 house that you were talking about on the lake, what that actually all entails? I mean, what type of a house and how much lake shore and what kind of terrain? Chris, I was ready to actually repaint the drywall or the uh, wallpaper in that house. And I would have been fine with it, but somebody <laughs> else needed to tear it down. Okay. And so it, again, it's, it's everyone, everybody's different. And I was looking at it thinking it looked like a great house ready to go. I mean, nice docks, nice mm-hmm. Sandy short. Oh, go ahead. And answer well, the question, well but. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it, it so much of buying a lake is buying the lot itself. I always tell clients you're, you're really buying two sets of variables. You're buying the lake frontage and you're buying the house. And, and many times, especially up here, and, and it depends on the lake a little bit, but the lot is actually worth more than the house. And sometimes it's worth exponentially more than the house. You know, so in that in that scenario, that was a perfect level, 150 foot lot, sandy beach, and the house looked great from the outside, but inside, uh, it, it was dated and it was old and and, and it had its issues. I think it was a, a mid 70s, mid 80s home, but you know, a lot of cabins they don't get full time care all the time. You know, that roof starts to leak a little bit. It's oh shoot, it was leaking. Let's patch it up, not let's completely fix it. And that's, I think what that house experienced a little bit is uh, just a lack of maintenance, lack of use. And, and you could tell over time, it kind of 
uh, kind of bore on the property. But that that's why it was more of a teardown. But the lot itself uh, was was fantastic, you know. And 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 it's not uncommon to spend seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on just finding the right lot to build that next home, you know. Is that just on Gold Lake, or is that kind of everywhere up here? You know, we we do see that on other area lakes too. Are you talking price wise, or yeah, yeah? You know, Pelican Lake is is an absolutely beautiful lake. If you look at just the Google Maps aerials of that lake, uh, ocean sand, it's absolutely stunning. The water's perfect clear, big lake. Uh, Breezy Point Resorts located on that lake, so that's some dining options and whatnot. And then Whitefish, the Whitefish Chain is also another area that um, very very hot market. I actually had a client call me yesterday. Said he was looking for a lake, a lake lot, 100 feet, fairly level, 300 to 500 thousand. That's a really tough find. You know that that lake lot's probably closer to the seven, eight, nine, depending upon uh, what kind of view, what kind of sand, what kind of elevation. But um, but there are some options. You know, do you go instead of having the main Gull Lake view where you're going to you're going to spend you know that seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars for the lot? Uh, do you go into the Steamboat Bay, Wilson Bay? maybe one of the one-off lakes, like a Lake Margaret, Lake Nisswa, uh, you know, Roy Lake, where all of a sudden you can still get the fairly level sand, but that $900,000 view is gone. So you can justify finding up, you know, four to $500,000 lot or a $300,000 lot, you know, it could be questionable, but, um, but yeah, there's, it just, it just depends on all the variables put together. So. Yeah. Perfect. Big, big views sell, but you also get the traffic as well you know, and uh, the waves. But when you start getting into the the bays and that's become even more popular now, kind of in the cities is the the smaller bays because of the traffic that's on these lakes. And it's like, hey, we, we're still on the water. We can get to that area that we want, but we don't have to deal with it every single day with, you know, with the new wake boats that are happening too. Um, I mean, I mean, those waves are kind of, uh, are, are crashers now people fortifying their landscape and are you finding that there too mark you know we we've seen it i i, I feel like you know at, at the smaller lakes it's a little more difficult to manage the wake boats uh the surf boats uh you know it's it's you really just have to be aware of your surroundings you know if you are a surf boat you know they, they what do they they have the 200 feet thing they recommend stay 200 feet away from shore um you know, a lot of the a lot of the people up here I find to be quite respectful of it, but you do have the people that uh, don't really show the courtesy to others. And um, but yeah, the the surfing it can it can be damaging to shoreline. You know, even boats. If you don't have your boat on the lift, you just pulled up and uh, wanted to dock it, wanted to run up and grab the cooler quick, and the surf boat drives by. You could have the buoys and pads, but a, a three foot wave comes crashing through your your dock system. Your boat's probably going to hit the dock. You know, and so I I think it's. Uh, a lot of the boat dealerships up here have done a great job, you know, promoting safe boating practices and safe surfing practices because the surfing thing is, is that's, that's a huge sport. You it's, know? Oh, it's fun too. It's, it's a ton of fun. You know, we'll actually go out seven, eight o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, and, and surf a little bit behind the boat and uh, kind of do it before you head off to the office. Sometimes it's just, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a fun way to get on the water and not get hurt. <laughs> so, but. I've heard though they've been uh, even in the city uh, or on other city lakes talking a little more about having regulations with new distances um, uh, where they there's no wake zones and things like that because you can't specifically I don't think anyway outlaw a certain style of recreation on the lake because it's a recreational lake but 
you know, like you said, being a good neighbor, that's a different story. And, you know, a lot of times too, I go by the, I, my parents have a place down in uh, on Big Lake in, in, yeah. yeah, right on 10 there. And there's about six boats out there. Most of those guys go out in the middle. And even though they're young kids, you know, you think all oh, these young kids will be irresponsible. Yeah. They're not, they get it. They know that there's mom and dad going by on the pontoon and they don't want to roll them over, you know, and <laughs> like I would have when I was a kid. But <laughs> So what about, what about back to school? The, the governor came out and talked about how he's letting the districts decide what's going on. And I know that um, in our area, that announcement is kind of out there, but kind of waiting until they're kind of, the schools are waiting until a week before school starts. Is that the same for what you guys are seeing? Uh, you know, based on the recommendations, uh, on, I think it was cases per 10,000 in each County, we're, we're actually at the in time or in school full-time threshold. Uh, but I know our school board is still taking it, you know, cause it's a district by district thing. Uh, you know, the Brainerd school board is actually taking it and they're reviewing it, I believe either this week or next week and supposed to be coming out with an announcement on how they're going to actually, uh, have schools go in. Yeah, uh, in session right now. Uh, and I think that's the stance a lot of our districts around here have taken. I know a lot of the private schools have said, nope, we're going to be full time, rock and roll, let's go. But the the public schools, I think, are still in their decision making process and how they want to do it. Uh, I know a lot of the teachers I've spoke with up here want to be in school full time. OK, you know, the the distance learning thing for the teachers I know, and I'm not I don't want to speak for every one of them, but the teachers that I know uh, had a really hard time teaching their kids yes. on the distance learning, you know, and they're, fear, they were a little fearful of, are the kids getting out of it what they need to get? You know, the, the higher grades, it was, it's easier. They're, they've been in technology. They're, they're already utilizing those, you know, Chromebooks and systems already. It's the younger kids, your K through sixth graders, you know, how, how are they developing and what are they learning? And, and I, and those are a, and a lot of the teachers I know just because my kids are at that yeah. age and they're, sure. they're like, we, we don't want to be teaching from home. We want to be teaching in school, but you know, obviously there's different rhetoric for different areas of the state, but we're, but we're a little bit different here. You know, we have, we have a lot more space uh, just in general. And um, you know, I, I, and obviously our case counts are lower too, to where, you know, is it going to create a spread or not? You know, I'm, I'm going to stay out of that debate, but, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's kind of the general feel we get up here. I wonder if that will encourage more people to, to, kind of work work and learn from up here as well that's influencing their home purchasing decisions we there. we've we've had some people that because of the covid thing they said nope we're we're bringing the family up here they are going they're going to school up here you know and, and i i won't I, that's not a huge huge percentage of people but we we have heard that trend a few times where uh you know the the it's actually kind of inverse a little bit where it's the the kids are in their 40s they have grade school age kids they're going to be living at their lake cabin house, selling their place down south, and they're actually buying a place for their parents, so their parents can be closer up here. Oh wow! You know, and, and so That's it's interesting. It's not all just lake places. You know, we've we've had a big push for years of you know mom and dad moving up here to retire, but it's also mom and dad. You know, let's move you up here just to get away a little bit, get some elbow room. You know, relax. You know, and and like we said, we have great healthcare systems and. You know, just the, the the social life up here is is fantastic. Yeah. What do you think, Chris, about um, about the back to school announcement at home? Do you think it's going to kind of amplify those trends that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, where people are looking for slightly different 
floor plans and slightly more space, or do you think people will wait it out and see if this lasts longer? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull an Andy here, and I'm one thousand percent for him to go back to school. Just so you know, I'm gonna bye bye. Yeah, one thousand one thousand percent to be able to get back, and I think. I don't know. I, you know, the whole um, Minnesota State High School League also came out with their sports recommendations and and uh, moved football and volleyball to the spring with reduced seasons and all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, you know, everyone's talking about the younger kids being in, um, sitting. You know, they they can all go to school, but the older kids are going to do like hybrid versions. You know, at least they're going to get some in. But I mean, if you don't have sports too, I mean, there's. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's going to be, I mean, there could be a lot of changes even to um, school districts and, and moving. And there's a lot of kids that are going private, you know? Um, and what about the parents that work? You know, they, they use school a lot as a babysitter, you know, yeah. and, and they can't, and that's getting expensive. And so then it's, it's time to decide, Hey, what, what's less expensive. And is it to bring them to a, you know, another school or private school. And I know all like the, um, Catholic schools and, you know, church schools, they're all getting huge inquiries, you know, to be able to kind of move. Their most of them are full, Chris, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. Most, especially on the elementary side, a lot of them are fil- are filling yeah. up or full. Yeah. Just so. to piggyback off that a little bit, it's, uh, you know, when schools shut down in March, it was a much different feel because a lot of people were forced to be at home. You know, so like my wife and I, my wife, uh, we own a hair salon and clothing store in town and, you know, due to COVID, she had to shut down. So she was able to stay at home and help the distance learning with the kids. What do we do this fall? When you have to go back. When to we work. have to go back to work, we we can't afford to not work. You right. know, and so it's it's that yeah yeah. How does how does that dynamic play in? And and I mean even the experiences with the kids. You know that the, the juniors and seniors in school. Those are those are like the glory days of their life. You that know you those back to, yeah. those years really mold them to who they are going forward, you know, and, and how does that impact, but, you know, to play on real estate, just think of next summer where everybody had all, all the time in the world to enjoy the lakes. What are they, what are they going to do when the baseball and golf seasons and what have you are pushed into, I believe I've seen it was May to July. If they they even happen, if they even happen, but all of a sudden all that free time is they're going to be, they're going to be stuck in school, you know? So, and they're not going to do it. I mean, like seniors, I mean, are not going to stick around till July to play baseball. Yeah. Just, no. yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was telling my silly. daughter, I said, boy, if we, if we were to ever go back to this again, I was like that, uh, go to college early while you're in high school. What a perfect time to do yes, it. Yeah. As, long, as long as you're locked up anyway, I said, you might as well get college uh, credits. Yeah. Save some money, save some money and get the kid a little ahead in the uh, education front. Well, and think about this as a, as a senior, if you only needed like a class to be able to graduate, why would you even go? I mean, why, just take it online, get something online, you're done, and, and you move on. And I just think, uh, you know, there's a lot of funding involved. I think there's just a, it's it's gonna, that to me is a is a a, a real mess. I think it's, yep. uh, I think that attracts both political parties too, um, yep. you know, getting their kids back to school. And I think that's the, the it's just, you know, it's just not a good. The, the one, the one way the one way I've described it in topics is there really isn't a right answer. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is, is we've never had a choice. Right. 
you, right. you never had a choice. So you never looked at it as a choice. And now that it's a choice, anytime you give people choices, they all feel like they're, they're making the right choice. You know, where, where right now there's five, I believe five different options for going back to school. Yes. Well, everybody has their opinion before we couldn't have an opinion. Yeah. You know, so it was never a debate. And all of a sudden you create a new debate. You have new arguments, you know, and yeah. everybody thinks they're right. Well, it also you know? gives people the opportunity to really think about what choice is right for them and yeah. how that impacts everything in their life from all of those activities that maybe their kids yeah. were signed up for before. And maybe they're not as important as they were before. Maybe, you know, some of them are and some of them aren't. Or, or but, you know, we, we were playing basketball yesterday. This is a perfect example. There's a bunch of us with the kids playing. And we were kind of joking around saying, boy, I think the kids forgot how to play basketball together, <laughs> you know, being at home. And because they were like all playing by themselves and not wanting to pass. And I'm like, you don't, you don't think about something that simple. Have you, that have is you, a perfect example of life. Have you not watched the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> That's all yeah. it is. I saw. No. Yeah, exactly. It's all about me. No, but I, I think that, you know, too, the other thing, a couple other observations, just kind of pulling it back into real estate. So we, as a new construction dominant team, um, are seeing a ton, Chris, of people. Uh, right now, we're building more sport court houses or that are going under order. We're, we're seeing a lot of people coming in now with rates as low as they are. They're, they're writing the offer with having the basement finished with a second office, another bedroom. They're having homework stations in the lofts. We're having sport courts when they can afford them built on houses. So there's no Th th these parents are preparing for the future of whatever comes at us. We're ready. And, and I've, I can't even begin to tell you how many times um, in the last even month that we've, we've had orders like that. And these are beautiful homes, but I mean, not everybody can afford that. And so what do you, what do you think, Chris, with the cities, like with people when they're trying to find housing inventory that works for the new world, right? I mean, what, what do you suggest they do? Build a house with you. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, the preferred home team. The, what did you call it? The Prasky Holiday Club? Uh, holiday Trip. Holiday Trip. The <laughs> PhD. <laughs> a recent yeah, I don't know. I think uh, from Realtor.com said that uh, in a poll of 2,000 potential home shoppers who indicated making a purchase in the next year, 63% of those currently working from home stated their potential purchase was a result of their ability to work remotely. And they're looking for updated kitchens, home gyms, more space in general, indoor and outdoor space. And those are all things that are impacting the search. So um, it's just interesting to see, you know, that's probably yeah. why you're seeing more people move up here full time, but also why you're seeing these, this higher number of inquiries for the homes that have the space. Yeah. Do you ever build uh, or have anybody building these sport courts on the lake? Uh, Inside? There, there are a few homes that have sport courts. We do have a, a, a few homes that have the indoor basketball gym and, yeah. and what have you. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing up, up here is it's so easy to get outside and recreate. Be outside, yeah. You know, we're the golf courses, the. Uh, uh, oh, we're no, live. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the golf courses, the lakes, we have, we have a lot of things we can do outside. We, you know, it's, it's just easy to recreate, you know, and, and which helps out a lot, but we do see it a little bit here, but you know, we're, we're actually, my wife and I are actually in the process of building a shed uh, just to store the toys and whatnot during the winter. And we said, well, we should probably build it tall enough. We could put a basketball hoop in it. Yeah. Great idea. You know, seven months out of the year, 
the weather sucks in Minnesota. <laughs> well, you know, Mark, you know? We, we've talked about that with garages. Yeah. And a lot of garages are 12 feet. And with some Ooh. very minor modifications, we can go to a 14 or a 16, 16 foot. foot yeah. And then we can take the garage doors where they don't come up and go straight in. They actually go straight up and hug the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, so now God. you have that. And then on top of that, I've had people ask us to vault them on top of that. So you can literally have arc shots in yeah, the garage. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's not something I've seen before. Yep, just pull the cars out. Yeah. You should almost have like a bulldozer that just pushes everything outside. <laughs> Do your basketball and push everything back in. Or you can keep a clean garage. I'm not yeah, sure. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> now we're talking crazy. What should uh, people think about as if they're if they're looking to make a purchase or they're feeling feeling that push? I know we're feeling that like condensed in our space feeling right now. If you're feeling that, what are the things you should ask yourself before you make a huge move? He's leaving. Chris, I'll let you tackle that one until the mower's gone. Yeah, I hear that. But I think, uh, I mean, obviously you got to know what uh, works for you and uh, the space that you need. But, uh, you know, there, I think, when you're thinking about it, and I know we've talked about this before, is there there is different pockets of homes that you can grab something that is just uh, fantastic value if you're in the right price point to be able to get rid of yours. But I think you also got to look at, um, I, and, and that's where the school thing comes back to me, is that, you know, is it ever going to be, is it ever going to come back and be the same? You know, I mean, I think once people start, once they start getting used to this, then people are going to be saying everything about every germ in the world, you know, that's going to be a problem. And will it ever change? And so can you cross out and go into different school districts and just go to what works for you? I mean, I think the people that have gone up uh, and hung out with Mark up there, I, I think it's just, a, I think it's fantastic. I mean, they're, uh, they're, they're living, they're living living life. And I think that's what other people maybe need to think about is to be able to get, um, you know, that, Hey, it, I mean, like you were saying, Courtney, that's really hard. You're kind of condensed. And I'll tell you, I, I hear it from so many people and the thought of going through it again without this whole second wave and what they're thinking is that, I mean, it's terrifying for some people. And uh, that's why a lot of people are trying to get out and get into something. Are you still getting mowers over there? Uh, no, I think they're. No, I think we, they we just out. started hearing you again. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure everything was super important and awesome. It was really I, good. Yeah, it was. He always has good insights to share. Oh, of course he does. Amazing. So, uh, I think this will be an ongoing conversation just based on whatever happens over the coming weeks. I know a lot of people aren't going to know until a week before if their kids are going to school, and that could change two weeks into school, too. So uh, it's just something that everybody probably wants to keep their eye on moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We do have a couple questions from last week, and we have three realtors on the show, so we get three different opinions. <laughs> um, on this one, curious how you would have handled this if you represented me in the sale. After a year of searching, this house checked off all our boxes. It was a good price and in the right location. During the inspection, about $20,000 worth of issues were found. The seller was not open to credits, but instead had a contractor family member who would do the work before closing. The contractor has stated, don't expect it to be to code. And I disagree with the inspector that the structure of the deck was an issue. We went back with what we wanted the work completed exactly as recommended by inspectors 
It goes through permitting and is supervised by the inspectors. We ended up not agreeing and we lost the deal and kind of feel we missed our forever home. What would you have done differently? Chris, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. So I think uh, the, what they said in there is that the price point was right and that the location was right. And I think that second part is really super important. uh, The the location part. And I think sometimes what happens is uh, you got to tell yourself, I mean, at that $20,000 thing, you know, is really $20,000 worth it to lose your forever home. And the person was agreeing to do some of the work, but I think it gets more. And I, and I, I think this is what happens. I think it becomes more of the realtors um, convincing the people that, oh my gosh, you can't do that. And they're not going to do it. Like they think they're protecting them, but in reality, they're not doing what their client wants. So my thing would be to go is to be able to tell them that, let's say, Hey, yeah, no, is that right? No, it's probably not. But you know what? Not all inspectors are right as well. You know, they, they might not have it. So you might, uh, oh, we got another person. <laughs> Just a walker. <laughs> that was, that's that's Daniel. a weed whipper. No. <laughs> you can sit down. Have a seat. This is one of our other rock star agents. Nathaniel Pettis. Oh, boy. I know that guy. All right. Okay. Yeah. But when you say that, though, I mean, you it has to be what the client wants. And I think uh, realtors uh, mess it up too too often and really ask that question. Say, hey, you know what? Is 20000 really going to be the difference of you not enjoying this house forever? And, and sometimes for that person, it's the right thing. And sometimes it's not. And then you move on and you don't do it. But, you know, like this person says, it looks like they regretted that. Well, yeah. I, I think part of it is is how emotional a real estate transaction is. And nobody, nobody wants to feel like they're being taken on any aspect of a transaction, but you're, you know, to piggyback off you, that's, that's really on the agent on both sides, you know, of, Hey, you know, as the listing agent explaining, gosh, I know you want to save some money having a family member do it, but at the same time, what if something happens? Why not put that liability on somebody else? It's going to cost you an extra thousand dollars to do it the way the, the buyer wants. $1,000 $1,000 is a lot of money, but is it worth losing the sale? And on the buyer side, it's the same thing where it's, hey, you know, just explaining, hey, this is this is what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it. Now, at the same time, they're going to they're gonna do the deck, but we can still bring our inspector in after the deck is done and decide, was it done the right way? Yeah. You know, so let, let's not just cancel it off the get-go, but you're right. You know, is, is if it was the forever home, was it worth losing? You know, and, and sometimes, especially in the market that we're in right now, you know, the, the deck isn't something that is structurally damning to the whole structure. Right. Right. You know, that's, that's, it, it's, that's, it's almost a side feature that can be fixed. You know, if the walls were cracking and foundation was failing, that's a different, that's a different fix, but uh, a deck can always be fixed. And I think that's where, you know, as agents, you need to be able to walk your clients through that. Well, and I think sometimes it's not as obvious as something like a big deck or whatever. Nathaniel yeah. and I, over the years, we Nathaniel does a ton of uh, work with buyers too. And we have challenges with septic systems. We have challenges with, um, what What else do you have? Uh, moisture in the basement. I was just going to uh, say that. Yeah. Probably our number yeah. one culprit yep. Yep. is where we'll see a little moisture. And then you have to make the panic decision, Chris. And you know this as well as I, um, water scares even plumbers. 
I mean, you know, they, they look at that and, and don't want to deal with water issues either. So seepage, you know, is it, is a drainage issue? Is it a, a leak? Is it, you know, seasonal? Is it the landscaping on the outside? You know, I mean, right. Yeah. Is it, is it mildew or is it mold? Is it <laughs> right? You know, our, our biggest issue up here is actually the code conversation because we don't, we don't, you know, over time code changes. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any cities or municipalities that come in and reinspect anything 20 years down the road after a sale or, you know, anything of that nature. So, you know, it's many times we see the decks aren't up to code and a buyer looks at it and says, well, it's not up to code. It needs to get fixed. And the seller says, well, it's been that way for 30 years and nobody's told me it needs to get fixed <laughs> and it's structurally still secure. But, it, but, you know, we have that conversation a lot of does it need to get fixed or does it not? You know, and, and it has to be up to code when it's new, but code changes up here, you know, and especially when you're dealing with cabins where there is a lot of DIY, you know, it's, it's, that's a tricky conversation for a lot of people. So. Yeah. Very true. And then I think you hit it right on the nose too, Mark, is that, you know, we, we do inspections and the house is 15 years old and they think it should be a brand new one that just everything just changed and that you're not paying for that you know, and, but everyone seems to think I got to get something out of this inspection because I paid them full price or I paid them more. And uh, it's just kind of a icky thing. I mean, it's, but the other part is, is prepping your clients on both ends, you know, that, Hey, during inspection, because sometimes when people get five, six offers on their house and they agree to it right away, someone does an inspection, they come back and ask for something, they get insulted. You know, right. I already got 15,000 more, but I'll go to the next person. And then it becomes this, you know, horrible thing. And But that's why agents also have to prep their buyers. You know, yeah. you have the right to do anything you want, but you well, got to be realistic as well in this market because you can walk away from that, but you might have just missed like that last person. They, they missed their forever home and they might lose out on four other offers before they get their next one. So you got to kind of put that into perspective, I think. Well, and I agree, Chris. I think that there's what you tapped in on. There's talking about like the situation where you have a seller that says, hey, I priced my house knowing that everything was built to code in 1980. Um, I'm not updating anything. I've priced it accordingly. So you can take on those projects and fix it. Yet the buyers still want to come in and, in many cases where their agents will coach them to start asking for the fix, asking for the do this, do that. And I, I'm very clear as a listing agent that say, hey, listen, our pricing strategy included nothing. We, you come back with the honeydew list. It's all you. You ask for it. We're going to go to the next buyer. And you know, you know, that sounds a little overconfident, but I'll tell you what, in today's marketplace, you can, you can have that be a reality it's real, and yeah. really protect your sellers because those sellers, they're pricing it because they don't want to deal with it. Just yeah, like some of the buyers coming in don't want to deal with it. Well, if nobody wants to deal with it, well, then we got a problem. But right now there's a lot of people that want, they always say, oh, I want to fix your upper. Well, here you go. There's a lot of that in the marketplace right now. With, with my sellers, I I know a lot of times you get that inspection back and it's got that honeydew list. I actually coach my sellers to where let's let's figure out how much time it's going to take and what it's going to cost. And let's come up with a number because I would rather agree, hey, we are, we're, we'll give you $1,000 at closing, inspection's done. Because I don't want my sellers to perform some kind of work and the buyer, co- buyer comes yep. through at the walkthrough and says, it's not good enough. You know, so for me, that if, if, it's a, if it's a possibility, I like to go that route because then it's done. The final walkthrough is, oh, we know it's broken. 
rather than, oh, gosh, they, they, they missed a beat of caulk around this. Or it's, you know, let's yeah. not let's not lose a, a sale over something yeah. silly. You so know, Nathaniel, what do you do when you have buyers in that situation? I mean, are you the guy handing out all those big honey-do lists or? Well, my buyers in that situation, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, obviously I'm looking out for their business. Here's our inspection results. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Sorry, listing agents. No, no I'm a scroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a floor controlling. Yeah. And that's the first scroll. Wait till the second one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for the shots to, to, to wear off first. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Yeah, no. no, I would say as as a buyer's agent, you you definitely want to uh, you know protect your buyer's interest and help them feel like yeah. they're getting a good deal and everything. But at the same time, at the end of the day, we want to keep the deal together. So it sure. might be uh, you know just feeling it out with the yeah. other agent mm-hmm. and uh, well, what advice? So the people that are at home that are watching that are not real estate agents and they've been out there bidding on stuff, give us some advice, guys, on how to get your offers accepted. And yeah. get get these people these houses because I'll tell you I, I've seen so many people that are like fatigued on looking at houses, falling in oh, love, man. and then not getting it. So how how do you what it's, advice could you give? It's definitely tough right now, and I've gone on. I you know I've had many buyers where we're putting in offers like kind of testing it out five thousand above six you know ten thousand and and I just say okay guys this probably we're you know I, I, I'm pretty much writing this up for practice. Yeah. Like we're practicing for when you really find the house you want, then we'll go for it. And, you know, we're seeing uh, 20,000, 20, 30,000 over asking price. And uh, you just have to be really prepared to go for the house you love. Okay. And, and then when it comes to that honeydew list, uh, Take it on yourself. exactly. Yeah. You're going to, you're really going to have to, there's probably times where you can get away with that, but with the low interest rates and the volume of buyers out there, they can just go to the next one. I I think the biggest thing is educating your client on what to expect, you know, and, and and what to expect at a price. You know, we, we've just started seeing the, the big multiple offers trends up here uh, this year, especially on lake properties. And it's, it's difficult on lake properties because they're not a need. They're a want, you know, and, and you want the cabin, you don't need the cabin. But how bad do you but want how it? But how bad do you want it? You know, I, I just, we just, one of my clients just lost out of one last week. We were uh, $38,000 above list price on a lake cabin on Roosevelt Lake. And we wow. didn't get it. We were told we were number three wow. on it. Now, now, granted, it was, a, it was a, a Twin Cities agent that listed a property that he probably had no clue what, it, what he should have listed it for. I actually went in, told my client, I said, here's the it deal. It wasn't me, Chris. I said, I said, I said, here's the deal. This should have been listed at 600 and it's listed at 570. I said, confidently, I, I think you should list. I think you should put a PA over six, but it's, it's difficult though, because sometimes you feel like you're reaching and you don't know what you're reaching for, you know, but, but it gets back to how, how bad do you want it? Uh, you know, you have to have some confidence in that. And remember, you're not buying a new house. Every house is going, going to have issues. I had one client, uh, one sale in, in the last six years where my client said, uh, yeah, our home inspection came back clean. Our house was perfect. <laughs> said, right. No, it did not come back clean. You didn't see the inspection. You know, it, they just were okay with fixing the things that needed to be fixed, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it happens. I always tell my clients it's uh, home inspections. One in 20, I believe have major issues, but it's that one in 20 that pay for the 20. But that means there are 19 of them that go well. 
So if you walk through the home with a fine eye, you have some confidence, really look at how well the, the seller cared for the property. You know, you can walk into a home and tell these people really took care of their stuff. You know, how well appointed is it? You know, is it, did they the fix the, the couple of things and fix them right? You know, and, and if, if the home was cared for, in my opinion, that lessens the, the chances that there is that major hidden thing. Whereas if you walk in the bedrooms and there's laundry all over and there's dishes in the sink and, you know, they, they haven't slept for three weeks, you don't want to take your shoes off. All right. If they're trying to sell their house in that condition, what did it look like when they weren't trying to sell their house? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what I tell my clients. They're like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this house just because it's dirty. And if they're trying to sell it dirty, you know, what was it, what was it like when they weren't trying to sell it? Well, you know? I think what it comes down to and what all of you guys are saying is that it comes down to education. And if you are a consumer, work with an agent that's going to educate you and going yeah. to walk you through the process. And if you're an agent, make sure you're being that resource for them. Because I think sometimes education. it's easy to forget yeah. when you are so invested in what you do day to day that your buyer or your seller isn't. And so the things that they're asking you aren't because they're trying to be a pain. It's, it's because they just don't know. And so just having kind of a mentality of education for your client, it's going to um, help them get a really good experience and ultimately help your business grow as well. Yeah. The, the most, the most successful real estate agents in today's market have the heart of an educator period. Yeah. All right. We have very, just a few minutes left. So one round of lightning round question 30 second answer or less yes <laughs> i bought no. a house i bought a house about one year ago and i'm having a rough time with the neighbor come to find out one of the other neighbors said the seller had issues as well and thought that this is why they moved should they have told us chris okay there's no way andy will do it under 30 seconds and i'll take up my time to prove that. Anyways, um, yeah, he was taking mine. I told you he couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> you know, right of, enjoyment is a, <laughs> right of enjoyment is a, is a big thing. And, uh, they possibly, you know, it mean hearsay and what neighbors say and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, if it was something that I thought was going to hurt, um, the other client, I think I would, I think it would be best. And I would coach my client to let people know. Perfect. Nathaniel? Well, technically, it's not a material, an adverse material fact. So you're not required to disclose it. Um, is it the right thing to do? Probably. Um, yeah. It's tough. I, I, yeah. I would say as a, as a listing agent, you know, if I'm representing my seller's best interests, yeah. I'm probably not going to say anything. Yeah. Because who's going to want to buy a house with the, the we'll just say the dog the that's barking neighbors. next door all night, <laughs> you know, they aren't looking at it at night, but you know, it's, it's, I, I, I as a listing agent, I want to have disclosed it personally. Well, there, there's no reason to, and there's a, um, but now here's the question that comes back into play. When someone asks you the question, how are the neighbors? And we're supposed to disclose what we know mm -hmm. that's, different. that's, that's relative to the case. So, in that situation, as a real estate agent, if you really do want to know that, and that's going to make a difference to you, you should have your real estate agent ask the other real estate agent mm -hmm. about the neighbors and about the neighborhood, and they should disclose that. Um, on the other hand, um, is this 30 seconds yet? You're good. Okay. I'm um, sorry. Is, that is there going to be a buzzer? How do, I know, how do I know when there's 15 seconds? I'll go like this. 
Uh, look at Chris go three, two, one. And thank you for joining I us. It. I told you. Hey, I just I can't I ever just, get anything out in 30 seconds. I watch out about the whole right of enjoyment uh, piece of that little question. I, I always, I always give the example though. Like when we talk about material fact, it would adversely not, you know, allow your client to, uh, I'm saying that completely wrong, but allow them to use the normal use and enjoyment of the property. And if you think about this, let's say Mark's a Harley guy. And every night he revs up his Harley in his garage and he plays rock and roll. And I move in and I'm like, I love Harleys and I love rock and roll. Right. And all of a sudden he's a great neighbor. Now Nathaniel moves in and Nathaniel likes to read his book on the front porch and listen to the loons. Nathaniel's not going to be a good neighbor pick for, for Mark in that situation. Yeah. But how do, how do I know that? And that's none of my business. So, you know. Yeah, I think it's hard to. I, I think Slippery. everybody ha everybody has their own quirks. Everybody has their own preferences. It's not going to be the same from the seller to the buyer. So you can't yeah. always predict that. Well, and also maybe just do a quick little study as a buyer on the ordinances in the area so that you know that, hey, you, you can't work on your house before eight in the morning or whatever the city mm -hmm. ordinances or well, sometimes it is driving by the neighbor's house and looking at it. Yeah. Do right. they have four junk cars sitting next to the home? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, not even joking. I, I showed a house on Tuesday. And there were some signs in one of the neighbor's yards. And my client said, I don't think I'm going to get along with this guy. I don't want to buy this house. You know, and, and, and that was just fair. simply by driving around yeah. the, the block. He just, they, he recognized this guy has probably got some differences with me. I'm, I'm not going to buy this place. Now there's other reasons he didn't buy that place, but you know, that's, you know, it's pertinent. I had a super cool thing happen to me with a client who's a private investigator and we, as we started talking and what the stuff that he was looking up and finding, we started talking about like doing a forensic inspection and it's exactly what you're talking about. And now he knows, I mean, social media, you can find a lot. So you just go find that seller and see if they said anything on there, you know, about that stuff, but you can also get police reports. And so just check out police reports on that property. And then if you're, uh, if something pops up that there's a problem, you can go get police reports on the neighborhood. And then yep. if you see oh, cool. something that, and that that's what this guy did, it was very interesting uh, to see it all. And, uh, but it's like a forensic inspection. And I think sometimes, I mean, that might be better than a physical inspection. You know, yeah. you know, absolutely everything that's kind of really kind of went on in, in this property, for instance, um, the, the man passed away, you know? And so what was it? Was it a suicide? Was it, you know, because we don't have to obviously disclose suicide, but maybe that mattered to that person, um, found out it was a natural death and stuff. But it was very interesting. We're actually talking about uh, trying to come up with something and, and offering that as a service. Because I think as from a buyer's agent, so like Nathaniel, you could offer that to like your clients to be able to work for you. Hey, we'll do this forensic inspection on, you know, during the inspection for your house. And I think, I think that's a big thing. That's a nice market well, differentiator. Yeah, I do. I do ghost inspections. I, I, I... <laughs> now you're reaching. <laughs> no, but Chris, we, we had a website a couple years ago on the show that when we did that, when we were on CCO, they had the guy that called in that had the website that you could put the address in. And I forget what it was called. And you can put it in there. It would give you a whole report of any crimes or anything that was serious in the neighborhood, any creditors, any whatever. And yeah. the report was $5. I forgot what it was called. Down to barking dog complaints or something. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so there, those reports do exist. Um, might not be a bad gift to buy a client. Sure. Sure. You know, yeah. 
F- but, F- but you worry F- about F- the liability. <laughs> uh, welcome to the neighborhood. Here's your report. Here's your report. <laughs> tons of tons of wild dogs. Well, I suppose. Yeah. Well, guys, we're at time. So I want to say thank you to Mark Pedig for joining us today. Thank Thanks you to Nathaniel for joining us today and everyone from the preferred well, hey. team who is sitting in the audience over here and also to Madden's for allowing yeah. us to be here in this beautiful spot. I wish we could broadcast live from here every week. Well, we probably could if we talked to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we can make arrangements. Yeah, it is. I'm Mark, telling you I, guys, I want to hear more about that thing next week. It's yeah, you got to come up. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. might stay. Actually, you guys could broadcast live from here again next week. We You'll could. Be up here. We could. Yeah, next week's better. I think, so. uh, I think Thursday morning might be a rough one, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of storms on Wednesday yeah, night up here. Yeah, yeah. We thought it was going to rain this morning, you know, we can't see a cloud. Should we Should we pick up the camera and just give them a quick pan of the area? Yeah. Could you do that? Yeah. Just give Chris that. a quick little idea of how beautiful this really is. And you have to keep talking. And here we have beautiful gold lake in the background and the bay i don't know what bay is wilson bay wilson bay thank you. or no steamboat bay excuse yeah, me steamboat bay day. i don't know i know the area this is the madden's lagoon <laughs> beautiful swimming areas um <clears throat> did you show them the pavilion here yeah. Yeah. i don't know how much you guys Right at the cable on the other side of her. But it's a gorgeous space. Chris, it's like a football field in here. Yeah, I know. I just I went somewhere else too myself. The 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 blinds blew open, Chris. Now we can see where you really are. Exactly. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank you. We'll have this live on the podcast tomorrow. Um, Be sure to give us a like on Facebook. Probably can't hear me. Be sure to give us a like on Facebook and. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.